circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflation! He scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, your host and the manager of player development for the Western Hockey League. We've got a pretty good show for you today. We've got Everett Silvertips defenseman and a prospect for the 2021 NHL Draft, Olin Zellweger, as well as a woman who is going to take over the sporting world, especially in the marketing department of the NHL with NHL athletes. She started her own company. It's called Treadstone Sports Agency. I will be talking with Lorraine Mercier as well. But before all that, it's time for the news and notes. We start today with the announcement of the BC's division schedule, which is set to begin on Friday, March 26th, in the WHL hub centers of Kelowna and Kamloops. The WHL's BC division will begin with a doubleheader on Friday, March 26th, as the Kamloops Blazers host the Vancouver Giants at the Sandman Center in Kamloops at 7 p.m. Pacific time, while the Kelowna Rockets will host the Victoria Royals at Prospera Place in Kelowna at 7.05 Pacific. All of the games from the BC Hub will be available on the new and improved WHL Live. Moving to some COVID testing results, the WHL has announced that there have been no positive tests among the 455 tests that were administered for U.S. division teams from February 27th until March 5th of 2021. As a result of the no positive test, the U.S. division teams were permitted to engage in team on-ice practices as of March 5th. The WHL to this date has administered a total of 1,554 tests for COVID-19 from February 12th through March 5th, 2021, with no positive test results. We'll finish off this week's news and notes with the players of the week from this past weekend. We'll start with the goaltender of the week, and this week it is Calgary Hitman goaltender Braden Peters who will be taking home the honors. Peters, who's 18, registered his first WHL shutout of the season with a 27-save performance in a 2-0 triumph over the Red Deer Rebels on Friday night. The clean slate was not only the first from any goaltender during the 2021 WHL regular season, but also goes on the books as the first shutout of Peters' WHL career. Peters, who was originally drafted by the Hitmen in the fifth round of the 2017 WHL draft, has earned himself a career record of 19-15-2-0 with a 269 goals against and a 905 save percentage. Next up for Peters and the Hitmen will be the Medicine Hat Tigers this Friday, March 12th at 7.30 Mountain. With the goaltender of the week out of the way, let's move on to the player of the week and it is once again an Edmonton Oil Kings forward. This week, the WHL player of the week presented by Journey Rewards is Jalen Lupin of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Lupin helped boost the Oil Kings to a third consecutive victory on Friday night, striking a shorthanded goal that stood up to be the game winner in a 4-2 win over the Medicine Hat Tigers. Lupin owns a four-game point streak to start the 2021 WHL regular season, playing a key role in the Oil Kings' undefeated start to the campaign. A third-year forward, Lupin sits tied for fifth in scoring in the WHL this season, having registered five points in four games. 
In his WHL career, he has appeared in 115 WHL games, all with the Edmonton Oil Kings, collecting 36 points. Lupin and the Oil Kings are on the NFL bye this week. They'll watch everybody else battle it out in the Central Division and get ready for the Red Deer Rebels, who they host on Friday, March 19th. That is it for the news and notes this week. For everything WHL, head to our website, www.whl.ca. All right, our first conversation today is with Lorraine Mercier of Treadstone Sports Agency. She's a young woman who is going to take over the NHL by storm by partnering athletes with brands and social causes that they support. It was a tremendous conversation. I appreciate her taking time out of her very busy schedule to sit down and have this conversation with me. So here it is, my conversation with Lorraine Mercier. Today, I would like to welcome to the podcast. She is a very impressive young woman. She, well, you'll probably know who she is in a few years. She started her own sports marketing agency. She's worked with the Edmonton Oilers. She's also interned with the Nashville Predators. I hope she was drinking age when she was down in Nashville, because that sounds like it would be a good time. But it is the founder and CEO of Treadstone Sports Agency. It's marketing for NHL athletes. I'll let her explain here in a little bit about what Treadstone's purpose is. But it is Lorraine Mercier. Lorraine, how are you doing tonight? Thank you for having me, Zach. I'm good. Thank you. And you? I'm doing quite well. Like we talked about before, it's beautiful here in Calgary. I just got out for a run and uh, I noticed you're wearing one of the shirts that you have helped, um, you know, been a part of with Treadstone. But can you just kind of explain to us what is Treadstone Sports Agency and what are you guys trying to accomplish? So at the bottom line, I would say Treadstone Sports Agency is we build players' personal brand. So we really have specialized so far in NHL players and just establishing a brand that is genuine, authentic, important to them. And in addition to that, we've kind of shifted our focus to specializing in their philanthropic ventures. So kind of the nexus between sports and social impact. That's awesome to hear. It's, you know, it's such a unique idea and it's needed right now, but before we talk about it even more, I just wanted people to know, because we're going to, we're going to get the history of how you got to this point. So let's go back to, well, first of all, you're from uh, Alberta. I believe you're from uh, Okotoks actually. And you decided to go to St. Francis Xavier, which is in Antonagish. I know I pronounced it wrong, but again, <laughs> Hey, you know what, make an easier name and I'll get it right. But what, what was behind your reasoning to say to the schools out West, you know what, not good enough for me. I'm going to go all the way to the East coast in Nova Scotia. So I'll give you the short version of the story. Cause I could probably give you quite a long one, but um, I actually started at U of A in Edmonton in engineering, um, just because I was good at math. So I thought that was the best route. And my younger brother actually got the tour out east with my with my parents. And so they gave me a call and said, you should have done this too. So that night I applied to the schools. My brother got wind that I was applying, said, no chance are you coming to the same school as me. So he went to Acadia in Wolfville and I went to St. FX in Anaganish. There we go. That's how it's explained. And, you know, when you, when you get out to Santa FX and did you know that you wanted to pursue uh, a career in hockey when you were there? It's also funny you say that too, because that was kind of the beginning of my shift in focus. I always wanted to kind of, be, I wanted to be a sports agent. And so um, when I was out at X, I actually wrote my thesis in the stereotype of the male hockey player in Canada. And so that kind of shifted, changed everything from into a sports focus and so after that that's sort of where I considered law school but then got the opportunity with the Preds and 
after working with the Preds, I was absolutely sold. So that's where everything started really was out at X. And speaking of that internship with the Nashville Predators, I don't think a lot of people know what an intern does in the NHL. So, you know, what, what were your responsibilities when you were in Nashville and what was that experience like, not just being in the NHL, but also being, you know, in a non-traditional hockey market in Nashville, which has become a very good hockey market. So I was super fortunate. Um, the year that I was there, when I went down, they were under 500. And then that actually ended up being the year that we went to the, the Stanley Cup final. So we drew Chicago in the first round and they were A, our rivals and B, first place. Um, and we actually swept them that, that series. So it was just, it was amazing. I honestly cannot say enough good things about my time down in Nashville. And as someone now working in sports, people trying to get into sports, I truly think that the internship route is an awesome way to go. I think A, you gain a ton of experience that way. And you also kind of see what it's all about because while it is such a cool industry to be a part of, I think people don't realize that it's not all the glamour that sports presents. It's very much the nitty gritty and you are like just just in the in the weeds. So I think the internship route is something that I was super fortunate to to be a part of. And then Nashville, like, oh my God, I could, I could go on about that for a whole episode of this podcast. It was so amazing. And honestly, kind of wish I wasn't drinking age because my liver would have thanked me, but it, it was amazing. I get, you know, to follow up on that question, you said you had a good time in Nashville. Was there anybody that you saw when you were there that has since become, you know, famous or had a hit or anything like that, that you got to see? I love that question because Luke Combs was the one that has now skyrocketed. And I saw him when he was playing in a booth at the CCMA Fest. So he has a very special place in my heart. Did he crush it in the booth? Oh my God, crushed it. Like, oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he certainly is. And then you took that experience that you got with the Nashville Predators. Uh, you came back up to Canada, up to Edmonton, and you ended up getting a, a role with the Edmonton Oilers organization. What was it like? from going from an intern to now being a full-time player on an, on an NHL team with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two MVPs in the NHL. Um, that was super, it was super interesting. And I would say it was less about being an intern to a full-time employee, just because in the department that I was in in Nashville, they, we really, we kind of acted just as employees and we worked just as everyone else would. I think the biggest difference quite honestly was going from such a non-traditional hockey market to a hockey market that like, people breathe the Oilers. I, I know there was one time I was wearing my Rogers place lanyard in the grocery store and I got stopped in the grocery store just to ask what it was like to be working for the Oilers. So that, that was really interesting. Just the way that the Preds had to work to appease their fans and not even just appease their fans, but kind of bring hockey to their fans. Whereas the Oilers, people are just a fan by nature of being the Oilers. Well, you've since left the Oilers. You've started your own you started your own business, your own company with Treadstone. But before you get to the point of starting a company, you have to have an idea and you've got to, I know you got to think about it. You've got to attack it. You've got to uh, workshop it. But for yourself, when did you first start to realize or start to see an opportunity to build Treadstone and that there was an area missing in the market that you could fill? I would say quite honestly, it was that transition from the Preds to the Oilers. Um, seeing the Preds and how hard they worked, especially in the community foundation at, they would had, they went to the individual player, saw what they were passionate about, and then got them involved in that area. It was so interesting to see how engaged the players were and how much they enjoyed doing what they were doing. 
and Edmonton, they're an awesome market as well. And they're um, an amazing community foundation too, but it was just different because you are in such a different market. And so that was kind of where I saw the, so just a niche that hadn't been really tapped into, especially with the individual player, because um, they often will rely on their agent to go and kind of make those connections, whether it's the endorsement deals, the philanthropic type thing, and the agents either outsource that sort of thing, try and do it themselves, or then just don't do it at all. So in having conversations with several different agents, it seems like, okay, maybe I actually am onto something. Like maybe this could be something that's a service to the agent and then filters to the player. So. And that's where obviously you have those conversations. You're able to have those conversations being with the Edmonton Oilers, being around so many agents at the rink every day, especially with your role in alumni relations. Uh, you're definitely dealing with some former players too that I'm sure have moved to the agency side. But you start, you, you start percolating on that idea. You come up with Treadstone Sports Agency. Why the name Treadstone? <laughs> Jason Bourne from the Bourne <laughs> Identity. <laughs> Well, you've already had a pretty impressive roster. These aren't all your players, but these are just a few I pulled from the website. Uh, you've worked with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Ryan Murray. You love the Ryans. Josh Morrissey and Kerry Price. Obviously, all those are Western Hockey League guys, why we're highlighting them. But how does it start? When you, when you finally make the decision, you know what, I'm going to start this Treadstone Sports Agency. What is the first thing that you do? So I would say the biggest thing is the relationship management and relationship building. It's also probably my favorite part of the job. Um, we deal really closely with the agent and building that trust and building that relationship gives them the trust that we are going to then handle their players appropriately and genuinely. And so from there, I've been fortunate enough to work with some incredible agents um, and they've then given us the, the leeway to deal directly with the player. So on the flip side of it, dealing with the brands and the charities and things like that too, it's just, yeah, having that relationship management all the time. That's a huge part of the job. It's a lot of the admin and emailing and stuff like that, but I would say it's probably my favorite part. Yeah, the nitty gritty that you talked about before, the people skills that I'm sure you've developed. And let's talk about some of those successes that you've had up to this point. Uh, like I said before, you're wearing right now a sweater that um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins created along with local laundry in the Edmonton area to support kids sport. Uh, up in Edmonton during the pandemic, but are, are there any other successes or, or is that the biggest success that you guys have had thus far? I would say this so far, this has been our biggest project and it went incredibly well. We're looking to launch another line in about six weeks. So everyone can keep their eyes out for that. And, um, but I, we have a lot of really awesome stuff in the works. We're working with some guys on building kind of their brand alongside a philanthropic, philanthropic Avenue. So yeah, it's, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins was the apparel side of things that then went back to the foundation or the kids sport Edmonton but we're also looking at doing some cool collaborations I love when it collaborates with local and all those kind of things and yeah so we have lots in, in the pipe you know right now you guys are just an NHL marketing agency are your big plans to move out beyond the NHL and beyond just hockey athletes I would love to I think though that right now, because my background is so based in the NHL, I, my biggest thing is I, I push it all the time as being authentic. And so I would hate to go into a market that A, I didn't know enough about, or B, couldn't deliver a service that was authentic to either the league, the brand or the player. So I would, I think in time, I would love to branch into that, even music and talent. But at this point, it's, we would have to be able to deliver the same way that we can with the NHL. 
And that's something right now that you're figuring out exactly how to do that as you start to build your roster of players, develop those relationships with agents. And then, you know, pretty soon you could have a hundred different players on your roster, a big, big group of people working for you there at Treadstone. And, you know, I, I just want to touch on one last thing here. It's, it's away from Treadstone, but I think it's really important. And it goes back to kind of the ethos of the company that you've started. And that's your work with Motion Ball. Uh, Motion Ball, for those of you that don't know, is uh, it's, it's a charity organization that runs an event that I actually volunteer out as well. I'm not like you, I'm not an important person. I'm just a referee for ball hockey, but it raises money for the special Olympics. And uh, unfortunately we weren't able to run one this year, but hopefully um, we will in 2021, but just, uh, you know, how did you get involved with motion ball and, and why are you passionate about it? So it was actually through a friend of mine, Annalise, who is very, she works for the flames foundation and her and another girl, Carrie have been just instrumental in getting it going in Calgary and have done a phenomenal job. Um, and through my passion for the Special Olympics, which actually also again started in Tennessee, I wanted to get involved in Calgary. And I just love what, what they're doing with Motion Ball and how much it's taken off. The girls have just taken it from something small to something massive. And it's also just such a cool thing for young professionals and for people to get involved in. And as you would know, Zach, the, the day itself is so much fun and you just meet so many people. You kind of it's just such an inclusive atmosphere that I honestly could not that's another thing I could talk for a whole podcast about that too it's just I would highly recommend people to look it up get involved any way that they possibly can I would too I think it's maybe the best charity event I've ever been to it's just so cool it's so diverse it's so unique there's so much going on it's it it just it's a fun day it's like it is literally a day of fun and you're raising money for the special olympics I think it's just a tremendous organization. And I was lucky to be a part of it for, you know, the couple of times I've gotten to volunteer. I just said I was, that was my last question. It's not my last question. I hate when I do this. I do it every single time, but uh, it, it was International Women's Day on Monday. We highlighted a bunch uh, or the, the women in our office who have been there for many years. You know, Yvonne, who's our vice president of business, she's been there for 20 years almost. She definitely runs the show on the Western Hockey League, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But um, for yourself, now that you are someone that, that, that uh, young girls and women are looking up to, you are a leader in your industry. What advice do you have for young girls looking to break into sports? I would say... That's a, I would say that's a multi-part answer for one thing. I would say, first off, my biggest thing was just networking as much as you can and not being afraid of the networking and just kind of talking to absolutely everyone. There's always someone that will give you some piece of advice that's different from the next. And then in that being genuine and having that gung-ho attitude, and it's not networking to necessarily get ahead. It is just networking to meet people. And maybe you've helped that person along the way too. And that was just, we had a project in school one day in uh, my undergrad that was about going out for an informational interview. And you just had to talk to someone in the industry that you wanted to get into. So when I got that project, I was like, how am I ever supposed to reach out to someone in the NHL? And it was shocking the number of people that got back to me. And I would reach out to teams that were coming into town and just anyone that I thought would be on the road and ask if they'd go for coffee. And I gained so many connections that way, just because I thought that going into it, I'm like, well, of course they're going to say no. But then I got so many yeses that that kind of just changed the name of the game for me. So I think that's a really big thing is just kind of putting yourself out there, networking a ton. And then when you get into a position that you can be helpful to someone, be that person back because you never want to be the no or the unanswered email. It's so nice to be someone that can 
offer that advice and offer that support. And even if it's just a listening ear, it's so nice to have someone kind of know that they're in your corner and know that they've been through that. And that was probably way longer of an answer than I needed to give, but I just, that, yeah, I could go on about that too. If you've ever seen on YouTube, like these, the pre-rolls that they play sometimes before a video, or it's like masterclass and they have some person who's like, I'm a master sound designer in this course, you're going to learn everything about sound design. You just did a masterclass on networking in 30 seconds. <laughs> Don't pay for that program. If it ever comes out, I will clip this and put it on the internet for free. That is awesome to hear. Uh, that's a huge compliment. Well, no, that's uh, literally, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm taking notes here, writing it down. <laughs> um, again, Loren, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, for anybody that wants to check out uh, the sweater that she's talking about, head to Treadstone, uh, Treadstone's website, their, their Twitter. They have pictures of Ryan up on there. Kidsport Edmonton also has some stuff. And again, like she said, they're going to be dropping a spring line here in the, in the coming weeks. Look out for that. Uh, the proceeds do go to benefit uh, kids sport and kids getting into sport in Edmonton. So that's a tremendous program that they're doing there. Once again, Loren, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. You're on your way to taking over the NHL. I hope that you stay safe and healthy during this time as we're, you know, closing out the pandemic, hopefully, and that we can get back to hockey and uh, hopefully I'll see you around the rink pretty quick here. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was fun. And I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out and chatting with me. So thank you again. Thank you to Loren for taking time to sit down with me and discuss her new venture, Treadstone Sports Agency. Up next, we are talking with Olin Zellweger of the Everett Silvertips. When you think of the Everett Silvertips, you think of Ryan Murray, Ragco Gudis, Wyatt Wiley, Jake Christensen, and Olin looks to be the next in a long line of very talented Everett Silvertips defensemen. Today I am joined by maybe the next in a long line of very talented Everett Silvertips defensemen who go on to have very good professional hockey careers. He was a second round pick at the 2018 WHL draft. It is Olin Zellweger. Olin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm surprised to hear you're doing well, considering you are now in the quarantine. Can you tell us kind of what the situation's like in Everett and kind of, you know, what a day-to-day -day looks like for, for your club now that you guys are back in, uh, back in Everett and getting ready for the start of the season? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we started uh, quarantining in our, in our dorm suites here. We have to stay within our room, so it's kind of a challenge, but I mean, we want to do whatever it takes to get ready for the year. And uh, yeah, we've been staying in shape, some Zoom workouts and stuff. So it's been good. And that's what it's all about. You're getting the opportunity to play this season. Thankfully, we're, we're looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to it as well. But when we look back on last season, very strong start for you in your Western Hockey League career. 58 games, two goals, 10 assists, and 12 points. When you look back on last season, what do you think were the adjustments that you had to make to become an everyday player in the Western Hockey League? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it was a big adjustment in the speed and size of the game. I know that's a, a common thing for younger players, but, uh, yeah, I learned a lot from the veteran defenseman we had last year, and I think that's really going to help me this year. Looking at those veteran defensemen, we're talking about Jake Christensen, Gianni Fairbrother, Wyatt Wiley, Ronan Seeley. This is a really, really good core of defensemen. What are the, the tips and the tricks or, or the advice that they've given to you on how to become a, a player like Jake Christensen and, and Gianni who just signed NHL contracts? Yeah, I think uh, those few things they were saying to me is just, you know, you got to play your game. You got to play to your strengths. Be confident out there. I think that's a really important thing in, in the WHL be confident 
play like you can. As an undersized defenseman, where does your confidence come from? Well, I think it's it's mostly all in my skating and, and smarts. I think I'm a fast, good skater, so I think that allows me to play my game. A perfect segue into this is your first goal in the Western Hockey League. I'm going to ask you to break this down. But first, I need to give a warning to anybody that watches this video because it is graphic. It is a disgusting move that he pulls on this goaltender, and I feel bad for him. So we're going to pull it up here. Uh, Olin, just take us through it, what you remember, and, and anything else from that game. Uh, I picked – I just uh, came up the play. I seen an opportunity to jump up, and, you know, the puck just kind of found me there in the slot, and I, and I, I just seen an opportunity, basically a breakaway, so I – thought I'd go with that move there. Uh, you have, I mean, what that clip showed was not only that great skating you were talking about, but the incredibly, you know, the quick, quick hands that you have. And then the hockey IQ to, to know to put a slide it right through the five hole there. When you're training in the off season and, and you're preparing, do you, what do you do off the ice to, to work on your hands and work on your shot? Like we just saw. Yeah. I like to work on my skills and, and shooting and stuff in, in my, in my basement. Um, I think that's important to developing all nice skills so yeah it's something i take pretty seriously and do regular when you're down in the basement shooting do you have a, a routine you go through do you have oh i need to hit 50 top left 50 top right uh, or is it just go down there and shoot a thousand pucks and just try to go bar down every time uh maybe a mix of both i mean i do some some drills and stuff that, that i think can help me but i know sometimes i like to just have fun play around well, having fun and playing around is something you got to do last year with uh, Team Canada at the Under-17 World Championships. What was that experience like, and how much fun was it to get to play against the best players in your age category in the world? Yeah, yeah, it was super good experience. I mean, it was challenging, but it was fun. We had a great team there. I think uh, we could have done better, but we did We did good for the short, short tournament. But, yeah, I'll remember that for a long time. It was a really good experience. And that experience should serve you well. You talk about how it's a short tournament. We do have a short season this year. So every game matters, especially for yourself as you prepare for, you know, whenever it gets scheduled, the NHL entry draft. But I know that's that's far ahead in your future and you can only focus on what you can do today and how you can get better. But what do you think you need to show NHL teams this season to get on their draft boards? Oh, uh, yeah. I think I said earlier, I, I need to play to my strengths and do what I can do. So I think that's, that's skating, playing smart and jumping in the play when I can. So I think if I can do that, I can, I can hopefully get noticed for the draft. Uh, you know, my last question, I've been asking a lot of the guys, this one, um, you know, you guys are in quarantine right now. You, it's weird. You guys are all in the same building in the same dorms, but you can't see each other pretty soon. You'll get to be back on the ice for practice. Who's the one player in practice. You just can't wait to roast. Oh, uh, I don't know, maybe like a roast, like a hit or something. Roast, blow them up, you dangle them, anything you want. Uh, well, I'll go with Aiden Sutter. <laughs> well, Aiden Sutter, keep your head on a swivel because Olin's coming for you once practice start down there in Everett. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're in quarantine. I hope that uh, you guys have a lot going on. You got some video games in there or something to keep you busy. And yeah. best of luck as we start this season. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, that is it for this week's episode of the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hodder. I would like to thank Loren Mercier and Olin Zellweger 
and wish our East Division teams the best of luck as they get started this weekend. For everything WHL, you can head to whl.ca or our Twitter account at the WHL.